This week on the podcast, we are joined by Home Reel. We talk about how he feels about Blood Hunt. That's a very awkward sentence. I don't know why I wrote it that way. Uh, <laughs> we also have to talk about what's going on with the Apple App Store. And of course, guys, we have deals of the month. All of that and more in this week's episode of the podcast. Roll the intro. Oh shit! But uh, but da da ba 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 da da ba. A little flat this week. Yeah, I was just uh, saying. I, are you? Are you wasn't okay ready. There? You yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm. Uh, are, you, are you lost in the cage? I, I yeah, you know, uh, my mind is just a rat in a cage. All right, there, Billy Corgan. Let's, yeah. uh, well, you know, despite all my rage, we're on a podcast now. <laughs> These are great. Mm. Hello and welcome I, to the next. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I forgot that that was my picture that I sent today, but I'm glad it's there. <laughs> it, the a beautiful uh, Photoshop of the red shirt from Hunt Showdown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I'm your host, Danny K. With me, as always, the wonderful, the beautiful, the Mr. Green Elite. Green, how are you doing today? I have had the most crushing defeat um, this morning. When I got up from from my slumber, my my short five-hour nap, if you will, um, I, I went to my 3D printer because I've been working on a project, um, which is if for the visual visual watchers did live at youtube i printed or was attempting to print the helmet of uh killa from escape from tarkov right because i, I am a, a fan of escape from tarkov and my belt on my 3d printer broke so it was just a oh, heaping no. pile of uh filament just wasting away um, and it was 27 hours into a 31 hour print. So Yikes. yeah, it was so close. So very close. Um, but yeah, I, so I had to order a new part there, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I'm, 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 I'm fine. Everything's fine. Mm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just, I'm just the dog sitting at the table, drinking coffee while the house is on fire. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny you mentioned red shirt though, because, uh, I do have a follower goal on Twitch, and when I reach that follower goal on Twitch, I'm going to cosplay red shirt nice. for a 12-hour stream, and it's going to be amazing. I, I love Hunt Showdown so much. <laughs> yeah, recently I just woke up and decided I'm going to play red shirt and only red shirt from like now on. So I have I've been, been I have been playing as uh, the Beast Hunter recently because no one's running Beast Hunter. I said that same thing in a video, and people disagree about Red Shirt and Beast uh, Hunter being the best two. They are. I, I never see anyone running Beast Hunter, so like I've I've made it a point to every time I pick up a legendary hunter to run Beast Hunter. Yeah. Because like I never see it. I always see like Night Acolytes and uh Bone Doctors and Canes. And uh Yeah. Canes. Anybody with oh, a God, cloak canes. basically. Yeah. But I mean, and uh, Carcass Gunrunner too. I like I like running Carcass Gunrunner because like not everyone runs them. It's yeah. they're, they're they're fine legendary hunters. Okay, I I love them. We're also joined by the spooky and the ukulele Mendachi. Mendachi, how are you doing today? 
Man, you know, I'm doing great. I'm learning all about the history of Hollywood from the eyes of the greatest actor that has ever been. Uh, we are just so blessed that he was born, Mr. Nicholas Cage. Uh, the book Age of Cage by Keith Phipps, uh, absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, the unbearable weight of immense talent Wow, what a what a cinematic masterpiece about a masterpiece of a human being. Uh, I wish that I could transcend my current human form, this this base form that I was born with, so that I could become so grossly incandescent as Nicolas Cage. But today is not that day, and instead I am a podcast host ready to talk about video game news and deals and uh, welcome our new friend Home Reel into Next to Nothing. That's right. We are also joined by Home Reel. Home, the folks here have already heard your voice. Uh, so go on ahead and use that voice to introduce yourself. Tell the folks who have not met you yet who you are, what you do, and where people can find you. Hello. My name is Home, or that's what people call me anyway. I run the Home Reel YouTube channel. Um, it's mainly about Hunt Showdown. But hopefully this year it will expand into other games like maybe Blood Hunt. I don't know, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, if I can, uh, if I can blow a little smoke up your ass right now, um, the the content you put out is fantastic, especially if people want more Hunt Showdown content. Um, I really enjoyed your Hell Let Loose video. I've seen a lot Thanks. of people. I've seen a lot of people cover it, and I think you're one of the better people who covered it. Uh, if you guys like dry delivery in, you know, kind of like a drier wit, Home Reel is a guy for you. Very, yeah, too like... much British TV growing up. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just not enough uh, Hunt Showdown content as there is. So, yeah. like, to get quality Hunt, Hunt Showdown content is uh, uh, a very rare diamond in the rough at, at this point in time because... Uh, yeah, as I said, not a lot of people are covering on Showdown, and it's it's such an underappreciated game. Yeah. So, so if you guys, love home reels. yeah, if you if you guys like Hunt Showdown, if you guys love uh, you know, straight men, you know, playing it, uh, not like straight as in orientation, but like, <laughs> you know, playing humor straight. There we go. The dry wit. Never brought my sexuality into a video, but no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Maybe> that's. <I laughs> need the... <laughs> That I wasn't intending it for it. That was just oh, me being good. awkward. <laughs> Danny, Danny well, sure K, so fucking awkward, bud. Danny K will be making an apology video tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be crying. I'm about to do a cancel video <laughs> yeah. on your be, Gucci couch. Yeah. I was to say I'm gonna be crying on the floor of my kitchen in front of the in front of the refrigerator, just wailing. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. <laughs> Um, do it on live stream anyway <laughs> anyways guys thanks for watching and listening to the show if you miss any part of the show you can find us on youtube spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found if you guys want to join us live you can find us on twitch every tuesday at 7 p.m the show this week is sponsored by factor 75 save 120 dollars off your first week of meals by using my link learn more in the ad break of the show of course, guys, we have a question of the week this week brought to us by Home Reel. And that is, what podcast do you hold in high regard? And Home, I'm going to start with you. 
So the podcast that I was thinking of when I asked this question, it's called Where Alive, A Story of Survival. Have y'all heard of this? Probably not. I haven't. Pretty... Okay. So it's like a narrative podcast set in a zombie apocalypse. So like what you're hearing is happening in the world. It's not like people talking about zombies. And it's 48 chapters. And Where Alive is actually like the name of the series because now there's four other series of podcasts in the Where Alive universe. Uh, but they're just like so entertaining to listen to. Uh, it's it's like a high production value audiobook, but you're listening to a cast of characters and there's all sort of sound effects and audio design. Like, you know, if they're in a cavernous place, there's more echo in their voice. It's just, I mean, a real treat to listen to. And if you ever find yourself bored on your way to work or, you know, at school, whatever, that is how I usually listen to it. So, Excellent. Mr. Green Elite, how about you? Oh, I have, uh, I would have to say Brotakus is probably my favorite one to listen to right now. Um, just because uh, if you haven't listened to Brotaku's, um, it's an anime podca- podcast uh, with uh, Pax. We've had Pax and Ka- I believe Kyle. It was Kyle on, on the show uh, about a year ago. Was it Henry? I thought it was Henry. Uh, was it Henry? Or yeah. Kyle is one of the hosts, but he was on a, a long hiatus, I believe. Yeah, I think it was yeah, Henry. It was Henry that was on the show. Um, But I, I got to say, Pax has a voice of absolute velvet. And it makes me extremely jealous. And uh, jealous, jealousy is not a good color on me, but still, he's, just, oh my God. Amazing voice. Uh, they always have an amazing conversation about anime, um, regardless of like if the show was bad or good, what was the issues with it, uh, the actual impact it has. And they're, they're so funny, and they have a lot of guests on. Um, and they've had a few, like, actually, like, big guests as well in the past few months um so i, I always give a uh, rotaku some love because they're, they're just it's a great show especially if you like anime um and then i would have to say into the obscure rev's new podcast um i've uh listened to a few of their episodes uh i think they're on the episode two now um and it's just really goofy and um uh always it's bringing like the very obscure like random factoid things like especially in like their area onto the platform and then uh they talk about movies that you've never heard of before like uh uh was it i believe it was tina and the t-rex or something like that it was like one of paul walker's first movies and it was just like the way they described it sounds like like insane but to the point where like i actually kind of want to go watch it because it sounds so ridiculously fun so those are those are the Two podcasts right now that are awesome. Mendachi. Hey, uh, like home, I also really enjoy uh, a good spooky narrative uh, story. Uh, White Vault is really good for that. Uh, otherwise, uh, someone that we actually had on the podcast not too long ago, Cuppy Cup, who is uh, the keeper of arcane lore for a Call of Cthulhu podcast, Ain't Slayed Nobody is absolutely awesome Uh, another really great narrative story one is the old gods of appalachia 
which is mind-blowing, and they're into their third season, and their tabletop RPG is coming out uh, next year. Their Kickstarter's still up, and I'm like, I'm getting everything for that. For video game news, I always go to Castle Super Beast every week. Uh, nice, like, massive four-hour episode. Um, between two guys who have been in the industry for a really long time, as well as uh, longtime streamers and YouTube creators. Uh, and I've just been enjoying their stuff since I was like, I don't know, 20. Um, just really hilarious and very knowledgeable dudes. And then um, uh, if you like horror stuff, horror books, graphic novels, movies, and stuff like that, Colors of the Dark is also super exceptional. There's probably one or two other ones that I missed last podcast on the left <laughs> but you know this is how i met my fiance it's kind of cool if you like funny dark crime stuff but yeah I, I listen to a lot of podcasts uh you know my go-to usually in this conversation would be you know last podcast on the left but i feel like i give that answer too much so i'm going to change it up a little bit Darknet diaries first off true crime doesn't need to be all blood and guts okay Right. We don't we don't need it all to be just bullets, serial killers and uh, murder. Um, sometimes true crime can be about nerdy things like computer hacking and uh, selling video game cheats, which was what the last episode of Dark Knight Diaries was about. So and I think uh, Jack Recider does a great job uh, interviewing and like researching his stuff. And then as someone who's not like super technical uh, or, you know, a like adept at uh, understanding the intricacies of uh, servers, you know, uh, it's, uh, he does a great job explaining it for, for the layman. So yeah, Darknet diaries. That's, that's the, that's the answer I'm going with there. That's a lot of recommendations. You should go listen to everything there. That's, that's a lot of hours of not having to worry about anything else in your life. Yeah, listen that's... to every single podcast ever made ever in the yeah. next like few days, please. Yeah, and then come back and tell us that we're uh, the best one. We yeah, we really need the uh, the confidence boost, guys. So go on ahead, come on, uh, go listen, and like then uh, compare, and then tell us that we're better. Yeah, please tell me I'm pretty. Review. Tell me <laughs> I'm pretty, please. I need too. the confidence. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's go on ahead. Uh, home reel. You have uh you have some time in a game that we we've talked about before on the show, but I am very much interested in hearing what has changed about it in the last few months. So go on ahead and tell us about Blood Hunt. So I actually didn't play Blood Hunt when it was in its early access phases. It's been out for a couple months in like alpha, beta, but those were all closed. But now it's it's free to play on PC and PlayStation. And it is a battle royale in its truest form. There's gas you have to escape from. You're trying to be the last team to survive. You loot weapons. You pick your drop point on the map. It has all those things. And if it was just that, it would be pretty boring. But the main selling point to me is this vampire underworld it's called vampire the masquerade blood hunt i wish they would just call it blood hunt but i understand why they didn't um so the big selling point is the setting and that setting influences things in the world so 
there are different archetypes where you can choose what kind of vampire you want to be and those class abilities change how you play like you can go invisible or send out recon bats kind of like bloodhound and apex legends uh so it's a lot of fun and the world of the battle royale is what keeps me coming back to it because i like the kind of superhero nature of jumping around Prague. And, like, if you're low on health, you can pull up to the nearest citizen and drain them of all their blood to heal. Uh, but it's just interesting. And it's fast-paced. And I think it has potential more so than some other battle royales that I've seen come out recently. In a video that I did about it, I talked about Ubisoft's Hyperscape. I don't know if y'all played that, but this is <laughs> this is the same intent, a fast-paced, movement-intensive battle royale game, but it seems to do things better, and I am eager to see where they go with it. Yeah. Um, by the way, the video that we're actually showing on the screen right now is yours. <laughs> uh, I've figured i'd show off uh your your video on it uh guys uh link in the uh, chat right now and then also will be in the uh, video description um for anyone that is interested uh green did we, did you ever get your hands on uh hyperscape yes we played it together danny i don't know i never played it are you sure i'm pretty sure we played it together I'm, i thought we did i'm 99.9 percent .9 sure we didn't play it we played the cycle remember you uh, no, I, I'm pretty sure you played Hyperscape because you were like fascinated that you turned into a ball. No, <laughs> at that, one point. No, that was definitely I, not. I could, me. Have, I could have swore it was you, but yes, I played Hyperscape, and I've also played Bloodhunt. So, how do you feel that, that that's a pretty apt comparison between the two? You know, I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you. I literally just said this the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, in uh, I was watching uh Rexnor on on Twitch. Uh super early in the morning because he's in uh from norway um and i'm like i swear to god this is vampire hyperscape that's exactly <laughs> what i said yeah which yeah. is not necessarily a bad thing because hyperscape wasn't great was not a huge fan but i i played blood hunt and i, I actually I definitely enjoy it more than hyperscape that's for sure oh so i guess here's a, a question for you guys then right so what do you what does Blood Hunt and Hyperscape do the same, and what does Blood Hunt make it? What what makes it better than than Hyperscape? So for me, like I talked about the movement intensive stuff, and yeah, thinking of Hyperscape, one of my early memories of that game is turning into a ball and like bouncing around this techno city or whatever. Hyperscape was just kind of cheesy, and I had no idea who it was for. Blood Hunt feels like it was made for someone that, like, I don't know, that this world might appeal to if you're interested, obviously, in the vampire, the masquerade universe. Maybe this will appeal to you, but it's not quite the same RPG that those other games are. But it has a vision in the same way that Hunt Showdown does to me. It's like, 
if you like this art style, if you like the direction the game is going, then you you should check out this game. Yeah. And what about what uh what about the aesthetic pulls you in? I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> I talked about this in the video too. My girlfriend has been watching True Blood like behind me while I play Hunt Showdown. So I feel mm. like there's just vampires like talking in my ear most of the time and so when this game came out you know if i turned to her and i was like ah oh, babe there's a new battle royale coming out she's like yeah okay cool go fuck yourself but <laughs> this time i was like there's a vampire battle royale so we're gonna play it and she actually did have a good time so interesting see i i wonder if i could convince my girlfriend to play this with me because she is such a twilight fan <laughs> yes exactly um so in terms of the gameplay you're kind of talking about the archetypes and stuff um how are you feeling about the balance right now i've seen one or two people kind of talking about ba the balance on twitter uh and i'm just kind of curious uh what your thoughts are on that so it has it has br problems if you played Warzone during the pandemic, like the whole world did, you'll know that once one thing becomes meta, everyone plays that meta, and that's all you run into. And so right now, to me, that meta is melee. It is so strong, and if someone is within five meters of you, you're dead. <laughs> if If they know what they're doing and they have the right melee weapons, you're dead. So, currently, I think there needs to be a balance pass, because right now, melee weapons are super strong. They will kill you almost instantly, and while you're swinging melee weapons, you actually heal yourself. So, not only are you harder to kill, you also kill super quickly. And another thing is not all the archetypes are as useful. Like, there's a couple, but... Like, I prefer the saboteur, but I would say the saboteur is one of the weaker archetypes to use. So, so really, it's just like the balance, I think, is going to take a couple updates. But it's not broken in that, you know, every battle feels the same. It is interesting because you'll see different team compositions with the different archetypes. And you don't always get killed by melee, but... If you start trying to play it competitively, I think that's what you're going to see. Gotcha. Uh, so is the the balancing issues, it's it's related mostly to the character types and not necessarily in the character abilities and not necessarily like the weapons and like spawns and stuff. Yeah, I think it's still I mean, you know, like other Battle Royale games, it's still kind of luck of the draw, at least early game. By the end, you might have uh, better gear, but mm. it just depends. Match to match, there is some variety, but melee and archetypes definitely need a balancing pass. Gotcha. Uh, Green, because I know you said you've played. How are you feeling about it? Um, I haven't played uh, since it went to full release. I played it uh, during the last beta, uh, early access beta. Um, I've seen a few people playing it. I know that there's a, there's like a few classes like 
that mainly people have been going to. Um, and I, I like the comparison to hyperscape uh, movement wise. So, like I, I enjoyed how fast paced it was. Like you, you know, you're jumping around, um, essentially climbing buildings and yeah. maneuvering constantly during this this uh, you know ever enclosing uh, zone. Um, I, and for a free to play game, uh, to have like that fast paced kind of quick match uh capability is is great um yeah there it's definitely gonna need uh some balancing uh from what i've seen um and i'm i'm hoping to actually play play it now that it's in full release soon um especially like i can do it off off stream as well because it's it's very short like i think if a, a match lasts maybe maybe 10 minutes yeah, they're quick, so, which scary. which is why I like it. You can hop in and then you know play a match and die, and then hop out, and you don't feel too yeah broken up about it. Whereas like Hunt Showdown, a timer on a match is sixty minutes, so I mean it really can last an hour if it gets drawn out enough. So yeah, or like even Apex, like Apex and Warzone, yeah, um, where uh, it felt a lot longer because Warzone they had the whole minute countdown before the match even started. Yeah. Um, so and I, I like that pace change, yeah. About like the way the gas moves those maps, there's not too many barriers in Blood Hunt where the terrain is impassable. You can usually climb over anything or use your ability to get where you need to. Whereas in Warzone or even back in PUBG, you hit the wrong mountain or you hit the wrong building and then you just kind of are stuck and you can't do anything and it just feels kind of unfair. Yeah. Um, then what, what's the monetization looking like for it? It's a free to play game. So are they doing like a battle pass system? Are they doing skins? What, what's that looking like? And do you feel like it's uh, a good and fair system? Yeah, so they just released their Battle Pass, I believe, on the 29th. It came out like two days after the game went live. And right now, it is cosmetic only. I'm pretty sure it's going to stay that way. Uh, but I would say it's pretty fair. I mean, if you are into cool vampire skins, like the the last two legendary skins on their Battle Pass are like kind of blade trinity inspired like all all blacked out and uh i would say it is the approach that most games are taking where it's a cosmetic only type of battle pass okay so i have one question for you and this is if if i wanted to get my girlfriend to play this game with me is there a christian stewart skin <laughs> <laughs> There, Bella. there isn't one that looks like her, but you can customize each archetype how you want to. So there is some room, and I I feel like there will be more pop culture inspired type of skins later. Right now, you can't look like Kristen Stewart. Mm. That unfortunately. Now you see, I want Robert Pattinson, but I don't want Robert Pattinson from Twilight. I want Robert Pattinson from the Batman. <laughs> yes. Okay, like I, 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 I want him to be dressed up as the Batman. Just this grunge emo type of look. 
Vengeance. Like that's all the character says when he jumps around. Just vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anything else on uh, Blood Hunt that we want to discuss or, or get off our uh, get off our chest? I I it think is. that it's I think it's pretty cool that it comes from like the 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 publisher developer for uh for Blood Hunt is literally the same people that came up with Vampire the Masquerade and that have made the Vampire the Masquerade games from like going all the way back to like like video games wise to like 2000 but they've made a ton of other games based on their giant world like Hunter the Reckoning and the uh terrible werewolf the apocalypse uh game that came out in like 2020 um yeah. but yeah yeah, dude. Like, so as far as Vampire the Masquerade games that are quote unquote canon to the uh, White Wolf gaming uh, uh, universe, there's been there's been ten so far, right? And then there's supposed to be Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines two, which is supposed to be a sequel to the uh, oh, what was it, two thousand four uh, 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 original. Uh, which is probably like their highest regarded video game release. Like that is a vampire, the masquerade game. And that game sold like 88,000 copies when it initially released. Uh, that one's supposed to come up sometime, but like blood hunt is the second vampire, the masquerade game that has released this year. The other one is sins of the sires. Like <laughs> there's why, a lot of them. That's why I wish they didn't include the vampire the masquerade kind mm -hmm. of name and at least i mean it can share the universe but i would have just called it blood hunt because i don't think these games appeal to the same market mm -hmm. and so like i would agree with that for sure the comments that i saw on that video some of them were saying like i am excited for vampire the masquerade the universe i have no interest in a battle royale so right, I think I, I was gonna say, I I, I would like to see the Venn diagram of like people who are like super into say Blood Hunt that also back in 1991 picked up their first yeah. edition Vampire the Masquerade and they're like, oh hell yeah, finally after so many years I get yeah. my hands on this <laughs> that story driven experience that I really want. Yep, I've been waiting 31 years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, home. Was there anything else you wanted to uh, say about Blood Hunt? Um, I'd say it's worth trying. If if you don't like it, you can just uninstall it. But it's free to play. It's fun. If you've played Battle Royales, you know what to expect. So, yeah, it's very true. The only risk is the loss in bandwidth. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's the only thing you got. Um, <laughs> Green Elite. Tell us about the yes. Sony. Tell us about the woes of Sony subscribers. The woes. The yes. Woes. Yes. Uh, Sony confirmed it will no longer allow stacking of subscriptions for Sony PlayStation Plus. Uh, example that would be like if you had paid for a year of PlayStation uh, Network or PSN, uh, and they were then say you were gifted like a PlayStation card, like a subscription card for Christmas or, or you know someone for whatever reason, gives you a PlayStation card. Um, you won't be able to add that to your 12-month coverage. Like, for example, you pay for a 12-month coverage. 
um, someone gives you the card and then you plug it in, it won't add that extra time to that coverage. Um, which we had just discussed last week, uh, Sony and Nintendo just changed the renewal policy um, due to the, the uh, uh, inquiry in the UK. Um, another note is that uh, um, they added another policy that if any game is set with a price of thirty four ninety nine or higher, Sony will, Sony will require a two hour demo or of the game or a standalone demo. So if a game does not come with a demo, games will be able to be downloaded before purchase with a two-hour demo period and then shut down after that time expires. Um, which I, I last week when we talked about it, um, I had that exact issue where I had paid for a 12-month uh, subscription. Um, and then towards the Christmas time, I got a subscription card. I entered it in. So I added that time, but my renewal time hit during that period and it added more so uh I, I think this is good in my opinion but i mean some other people might see an issue with it because they can't just buy a whole bunch of uh cheap subscription cards and just stack it repeatedly so Mendachi, i know you're a, a kind of still a sony person yeah, I mean, it's sitting right here got? next to me. I got a statue of Taskmaster on top of it, but, you Mine's know, it's got, there. Mine's on my shelf behind me. It, 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 does, have its, it does have its power cord plugged in. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting. This is a smart business move because otherwise uh, people are just going to... What's up? Uh, real quick, can you start uh, mm -hmm. over again? Because it seemed like you cut out there for a second for me. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so PS4 is still plugged in, still exists. But yeah, this is a smart business move on Sony's behalf, uh, mainly because, I mean, people could literally just buy years of Sony subscriptions and then, um, you know, just like get the uh, higher tier uh, Sony subscription for literally nothing. They just have it for five years without being billed. Um, so obviously you gotta you gotta put a stop somewhere. It does suck in general. Um, it seems scummy, but you know what? What? What are you gonna do if if you were going to try and give someone something on good faith, and then they decided to try and stretch that good faith as far as it could? Um, someone's gonna get snapped. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of goofy. I had read that a lot of people were like, hey, why isn't this subscription card working? And then they'd call and they'd get a really canned response from a rep like, oh, yeah, it seems that there's like an issue right now. The system's down or like uh, perhaps, you know, like just kind of giving them the the roundabout. Um, so uh, there's even I mean, I I was able to find like a a forum on push uh pushsquare.com that literally has like hey man uh this is how you convert your ps plus prepaid vouchers like if you buy a 12 month card for ps plus prepaid that's 183 days of ps plus premium conversion so like you're literally able to just do the math at, at how inexpensive that would be um, if you were able to say purchase, you know, 12 month card for, I think it's 60 bucks and then get essentially uh, half a year. So 
Yeah, because I think that I think that would end up coming out all right. Plus, you can already you can always you could always buy uh, subscription cards for the cheap here and there, and they they were always on sale. Gotcha. There was also another little bit of news uh, associated to this that I don't think we've we've discussed yet, right? Mm-hmm. Green, what, what's that other little bit of news connected to Sony? Are you talking about the demo? The demo? Yes. Because that we did discuss I, that actually. I did, okay, yes. my bad. I running the show. You just don't listen to me anymore, Danny. He's the, he's the fastest podcaster in the West. Um. I'm the wittiest man in in the fastest gun. Um, yeah. So any any game that is priced at thirty four ninety nine or higher has to have a two hour demo or a standalone demo. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, Sony will allow you to play two hours of that game before you actually purchase it. Yeah, and the demos like that that aren't just like. Uh, you know, like that are submitted alongside the game that like the company's like, hey, we don't want people to just be able to play our game for two hours. Like that's way too much. Our game's only six hours long. And they, you know, you essentially would have to submit a demo to Sony uh, in order to have that also on the store. And so that would actually get reviewed. Um, Sony has straight up said like, hey, don't worry about doing a two hour demo we'll do it for you. So like literally they would, they would put their game on the store and then you would have the option to just uh, trial the game and download the whole thing. And then you would have a system timer go off from two hours clocking down. And then after that two hours is up, you wouldn't be able to start it anymore without purchasing the full game. Yeah. Do you think that's aimed at Xbox who has this, I mean, there's Game Pass, but Xbox also has game trials for early access games. Or do you think it's like a response from the cyberpunk blowback? Like, how many refunds did they have to issue for this huge game? And That's maybe a, if there's a stellar question, man. I was thinking about that, like, literally all day. I just don't... I don't know that it is quite the same level as... Uh, xbox is operating at so it feels like it has to be some sort of cost saving or i don't know maybe just to reduce the headache of issuing so many refunds when a game like cyberpunk comes out yeah if it's a it it for sure like some sort of preventative measure Uh, and kind of to your comment there of like not at the same like not on par with uh you know what xbox is doing that kind of seems to be their mo <laughs> they're always like a little bit behind in, in that regard yeah um which sucks for playstation customers when you know when these services and stuff are available but just better you know but you want to stick with playstation for you know whatever your preference is um yeah i feel like yeah, it... i think you can sorry i was gonna say i think you can still stack with xbox too so if you find yeah subscription cards on the cheap you can keep stacking those and that applies to game pass and ea play if you use an ea play subscription card however you find it that will be converted into xbox game pass which is Hmm. just like definitively a trade up because you get i mean so (laughs) many games for for that card so yeah 
it, take this moment to say make sure that you purchase your your subscription cards or your subscription vouchers legally sir yeah <laughs> are, are, are uh people please like yeah we're not advocating for third party uh uh trickeries like uh what's that one um uh is it f2p or something like oh. that i can't remember uh the shiesty uh, one the the uh fell off a truck mart of the video game world where they were bought were g2 uh g2a g2a yes uh yeah thank you cyber brent in the chat for posting g2g because you got me all the way there uh yeah g2a the the shadiest of all uh third-party sites yeah don't you know buy yes buy them legitimately buy them from uh verified sellers on amazon don't don't buy them from someone who probably bought are selling them on the cheap because they uh you know stole stole, yeah or they have like a key generator or something like that I mean, I think G2A was a, a, a credit card scam. Like they were like well, they were getting uh, they were getting the car, the the Steam codes from or I think PlayStation codes as well through sources that had used uh, like credit card, like stolen credit card information to acquire those codes. Yeah, Blended. basically, basically G2A was allowing third parties uh to to sell on their site and then those third parties were using stolen credit cards to purchase keys and devs were getting the charge back and G2A had such a bad reputation that they're like you know what we're whoever proves that this is happening on our site uh we're going to reimburse and i think they even said we're like we're going to reimburse with interest and yeah. Uh, some indie devs took them up on it and said, okay, yeah, no, here's all, here's like all the information, have your auditors go through it. And the auditors found that like a bunch of keys for that indie dev had gone through G2A and were bought fraudulently. So don't, wow. Yeah. So don't do that. Go, you know, buy it. Like I said, from verified retailers. Um, I will also say this is a better, uh, this is a better system than what steam has which is nice. Like Steam, yeah. I, I've always felt like Steam's refund system has needed to be uh, revamped for a while and to at least allow for demos, more demos. Um, but yeah, this is a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah, like think about not having to buy a game before trying it. Uh, I, I, it, it just seems like good practice. Uh, I do stipulate that... Um, there's probably going to be a lot of games hitting the market at thirty three ninety nine. So if they don't have to follow through with that, um, or at least more in general, uh, I think that it's I think it's really awesome that uh, every game. Think about that. Every game that's thirty four ninety nine and up. So that means every AAA game that's going to release at a fifty nine ninety nine or sixty nine ninety nine dollar price tag will have a two-hour demo for you to try uh that is going to save so many people so many headaches and so much uh money think about how many times you're scrolling through twitter or whatever and people are like i'm so pissed that i wasted my fucking money on this wow uh, and, and, you know, obviously your experience about trying a game for two hours is going to be vastly different depending on what version you end up getting. Um, uh, I, I should also add, 
the two hour demo, uh, you have to have it available for your game for at least the first year that it is available on the PS store. Though after that, you don't necessarily need to have it. Um, so I had kind of forgotten about that like little little tidbit there, but I guess it kind of makes sense. By a, a year after, there's plenty of people that you know, like you can go and check gameplay on Twitch or YouTube or uh, see if someone's talked about the game and see like you know like what they say is wrong with it and what's great about it and see if it you know if it's actually a fit for you. Uh, but actually being able to get your hands on it for free, you can't really be it. Yeah. Uh, anything else on these uh, on this uh, topic? No, um, sir. I was going to say that it might also be. I mean, obviously, Sony doesn't have the same level of funds available to them to purchase new studios and require developers to release a demo. So maybe this is like their way of trying to give more value to PlayStation players if they can't match Game Pass on this kind of like publishing level they can at least add this new requirement that allows people to try games first on PlayStation yeah time will tell we're supposed to see their you know uh PlayStation I guess Game Pass for lack of a better term because we don't have a name for it yet but we're supposed to see that this summer I believe yeah. Um, if you guys don't mind, I think we can take a break and then come back. Uh, you guys Heck ready yeah. to take a break? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, don't forget this episode of Next to Nothing is sponsored by Factor 75. You can save $120 off your first week of meals by using my link. And you guys can learn more about Factor 75 right now during the ad break. We'll be right back. This episode of Next to Nothing is sponsored by Factor 75. Factor 75 is a meal prep service that understands that shopping and cooking takes a lot of time and attention. And if you're busy like I am, it feels more like a chore than a passion. Factor cuts out stressful meal planning and prepping, so meals come together in minutes, taking out all the guesswork of mealtime. They offer meals for a variety of diets, including low-calorie, keto, vegetarian, and vegan. It can even help you with your fitness goals with healthy and purposeful eating. Factor even offers flexible plans with plans as low as four meals per week and as many as 18 per week. And if you need to skip a week, you can. If you want to try Factor for yourself, use my link in the episode description or go to go.factor75.com and use Factor SE578 for $120 off your first order. Thanks for listening to the show. All right, and we're back. Thank you guys for letting us take that break. Sorry, Mendachi, you didn't get to read uh, any more of your book there. Uh, the year of Cage was 1995, and uh, what a beautiful that was. A beautiful year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's go on ahead and talk about some App Store changes that are coming to the Apple App Store. So, apps on the Apple App Store that have that may be deemed as quote unquote outdated might get wiped from the storefront. Last week, Apple uh, warned that affected warned affected developers that they were in danger of getting their apps removed. If they went without being updated for significant amount of time quote, you can keep this app available for new users to discover and download from the app store by submitting an update for review in 30 days. 
If no update is submitted in 30 days, the app will be removed from sale. It does bear uh, mentioning, though, that if an app is removed from the store, that will re it will remain on your device. You just don't want to uninstall it at that point if you really love it. <laughs> and you might be sitting there asking yourself, why would this be something worth mentioning on the show, let alone even worrying about? Well, as it turns out, a lot of devs are concerned that their games and businesses might be affected uh, by an arbitrary update such as this because they believe their games don't need to be updated as long as they work on the devices games can be complete states uh, is sort of the idea here uh, from at proto pop games quote they said on uh, twitter i feel sick apple just sent me an email saying they're removing my free game Moti motivoda because it's more than two years old it's part of their app improvement system. This is not cool. Console games from 2000 are still available for sale. This is an unfair barrier to indie devs. Another app uh, called uh, Flickstype. Oh, Flicktype. I'm sorry. Um, it's an Apple Watch keyboard app. Uh, it's designed for the visually impaired. That was taken down uh, because it hasn't been updated in two years. So an app that is made... For, uh, as an accessibility tool for visually impaired folks has been taken down because it wasn't updated in two years, despite functioning properly. Um, other developers noted the changes as well. Uh, I think one of the most poignant points, say that five times fast, uh, was made by at LaserWalker on Twitter. Uh, they said, at Apple is removing a few of my old games because they have not been updated in a significant amount of time. Games can exist as complete objects. These free projects aren't suitable for updates or live service model. They're finished artworks from years ago. And I think that's probably the best point that could be made about this particular situation. Some products are good as is. And if they are complete and whole, Apple needs to take that into consideration. Um, kind of getting on my, my little soapbox, my opinion part here, and then I'll kind of go around the table. Uh, that another thing that's worth mentioning here is that if apps have to push out updates in order to stay available, that also means you'll have to download the updates if and when they get pushed out, right? So if uh, it's a minuscule update, that means you're going to have to download that. And, that. and it might be a minuscule, you know, just a, a tiny portion of, of your data allowance, but that's still going to be impacted. You're still going to have to download this kilobyte download or one gig download, depending on whatever is going on, uh, you're still going to have to download that. And if you're on mobile or cellular data, you know, it still impacts your rates. That still impacts what you do. So unless you have your settings set to specifically only downloading updates while on Wi-Fi, uh, I think it's just an arbitrary policy that doesn't really work for a particular portion of the app store in the marketplace that needs to be taken into account by Apple. If a game is broken, if a game will not launch on modern uh, iOS uh, software or on modern iPhone hardware, then yes, it can be, it should be removed by Apple. Uh, if it hasn't met certain development goals or promises to, to, uh, to its customers, based on, you know, 
documentation and stuff that's already been provided and say just hasn't been is kind of just sitting there and not doing anything then yes it probably should be removed but if a game is a complete piece of art that is just available available to folks as is for free then it shouldn't be removed and apple needs to make that accommodation but i'm going to go around the table here uh starting with home reel home what do you think as apple said why they want to implement the new policy um, they've been trying to, for a while, to improve the Apple App Store, uh, and kind of create higher standards for the products are, that are available on the App Store. I think for a while, they were kind of getting this reputation of having just garbage upon garbage, and they wanted to, uh, clean up that reputation and also, uh, potentially make more money on developers by kind of forcing them to uh to update and to uh continually pushing out uh new content and products onto the store so thinking of it as someone that also publishes i wouldn't call it art but something if i had to go back to a two-year-old video and like <laughs> improve it somehow and then republish that video not quite the same medium but i can imagine how annoying that would be for de developers but it doesn't sound like there's any avenue for them to like appeal is that is that what i'm getting yeah and it doesn't it one thing i know people are saying is that it doesn't have to be like I guess I also don't know the standards, but I, uh, from what I'm understanding is it doesn't have to be like a super huge update. It could be as simple as, um, you know, adding, you know, new color options to like the menu or changed out a logo in the menu or updated our, uh, contacts, like updated our contact credentials or credits or whatever, so it doesn't have to be super huge updates, but also there's only so many little updates you can do before, you know, you kind of just exhaust this, the, the improvements that you could do. So I don't know, like what, if I haven't seen anyone say there's been like a, a like an appeal process um, or how high or rigorous the standards are going to be. But I wonder also, if this is the, the first step in like maybe a long game uh obviously the the high profile case with apple recently was like the epic thing and i imagine big cases like that cause some waves on the platform that they're affecting so maybe this is like an attempt to keep developers actively on their apps or you know, every time you agree to publish your, your new app on whatever version of the app store, you have to sign a new agreement or something. Like it feels like there's there's some sort of missing element in the story and no one no one has seen what it is yet. Yeah. No, I agree with that with that uh with that notion. It definitely feels like there is something missing here. <laughs> it just seems yeah. like Apple's playing 4D chess, but no one 
No one really knows what the game is. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the other thing I can't quite understand is um or I'm I'm not really concerned or I'm I'm kind of concerned about is are they going to do this as a means to force apps off the store that they have intended services for because they've already been known to do that where if an app provides a service or adds a functionality to the phone that Apple wants to uh, natively bake into iOS, they have been known to remove those apps in order to remove competition. And so I wonder if this is a way for them to justify removing certain apps uh, that have functionality or add functionality to iOS devices uh, in order for them to push their in-house developed services. Yeah, it seems like this is a new system for Apple to remove apps that they they don't deem fitting for whatever vision they have for the platform. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know why it needs an update, but yeah. I mean, maybe it's also a security thing like they they don't want people having access to these i don't know dev tools that are no longer applicable but i don't know i just wish apple would say why is this necessary and the fact that i haven't seen the statement maybe means it's not necessary there's some other thing going on yeah um kind of looking at our time here i'm going to get a statement from green and then mendachi then we'll move on yeah I think it's unnecessary. Uh, I mean, how clean does your app store really need to be? Um, like, I get, like, it being cluttered, but, I mean, it's an app store. So, uh, like, I don't feel like every app needs to be updated every week, you know? Yeah. It, well, and I think it was, like, if it, like, went a year without an update kind of thing, but... Yeah, I mean... I. That's me just being me, but like, yeah, I just like, yeah, facetious. Facetious. Mendachi. Yo, yeah, I've got uh, two two things that I think are kind of important. Like one on the plus side, this gets or could get rid of a lot of shovelware uh, that would kind of help people like maybe not download something that would uh, brick their device or allow backdoor access to their device. Like that's that's smart and everything like that, but. Uh, to the credit of all the developers that finished a product and put it out, whether it's free or it does cost money or it has in-game purchases, something like that. Um, that right there is is kind of, it's it makes you shake your head. Um, part of me wonders if indeed there is a kind of trying to draw developers or or, I mean, from indie to large, larger kind of companies like say like, the people behind AFK Arena and stuff like that that have a ton of in-game purchases. Obviously, Apple is getting like a little bit of those sales. So it's kind of pushing out a lot of these things that might be free indie games and trying to make it so like there's just maybe a different kind of flood. More of these other kinds of things brought in that are getting updated regularly so that it's like a cleaner store, blah, 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 with more avenues for make money off of them. Uh, either way, I see it as like a 
necessary thing. Again, like what Green said, I just don't see that it's absolutely necessary. It's not like your app store is, you know, a physical place with shelves and you have to face it every time the customers come. It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I don't know, like maybe it has to do with server space, but I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's that story. Uh Mendachi, with a with a bit of time here on the clock, let's talk about uh mm -hmm. this Queenix sell-off. Yeah, so uh Square Enix kind of like made uh, a giant splash in, in uh video game news or acquisition news. So they sold Crystal Dynamics, Idos Mantra, and Mantra as well as attached intellectual property. Uh, which were like Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Legacy of Cain. Um, technically also Gex the Gecko. Uh, this was sold to Embracer Group for $300 million. Last year, Embracer Group bought uh, Gearbox Studios, um, as well as uh, recently they acquired Dark Horse Comics. They have THQ Nordic, Deep Silver, uh, like that uh, publisher's parent company, which is Coke Media. Um, obviously Gearbox having Borderlands, like that sale alone was so much more money than what they bought this come, uh, bought all of this stuff for this sale alone was only $300 million, which obviously is still way more money than anyone can even really conceive as a number. But to kind of add that in comparison, when Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, that was $68.7 billion. Um, People know the names uh, Tomb Raider. People know about Deus Ex. Uh, I forgot to mention Thief, but then again, most people forgot about Thief. Uh, these are IPs that Square Enix did stuff with and then totally shit the bed. Uh, when, when Tomb Raider released in 2013, it kind of made a big splash, but it was also divisive. People were not entirely certain as far I don't like the story. I don't like Lara blah 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 but everyone's like it's very pretty and it's pretty fun um and deus ex had kind of the same exact thing when when human revolution popped out they're like this is amazing this is a great addition to the deus ex saga and adam jensen's a fantastic character but then when they released the follow-up sequel mankind divided people were not at all divided about that game it was a trash fire it ate itself folded in on itself constantly, it was ugly, and it wasn't very fun, and the story was anything but enthralling. Um, a lot of these kind of situations, and I should add, Thief was very much so in the same way, and keep in mind that Square Enix is also the same company that has recently brought us Babylon's Fall, which peaked on Steam with... 1,166 active players at one time, and yesterday only had like 62 players online as a peak. Uh, so yet another just crash and burn. Um, Outriders, Outriders is out there. They out there riding. Um, you had Guardians of the Galaxy. Marvel's Avengers is another game that... A lot of these game games are kind of uh, handled by the Western divisions of Square Enix, like Square Enix Montreal. And it has been noted that as these games have been developed and during their development cycle, Square Enix like 
proper has kind of meddled with the development a lot and saying, hey, you need to add this here. They've been trying very hard to get a games as a service thing going that is equivalent that can generate them a ton of revenue. They needed to do this because they spent, I think it was like $200 million or something like that on Babylon's Fall and have consistently tried to pour tons of money into these previous games. I can't even imagine what the music licensing for Guardians of the Galaxy was. Uh, I imagine it was an absolute nightmare. But they have consistently been losing money on pretty much every project that they've put out the past 10 years. And for the past 20 years, they've kind of been making a lot of really terrible business decisions. Um, you look at the, the meddling that the upper management put into, say, when Final Fantasy XIV initially dropped. And it was so bad that they had to tear everything down. Uh, we talked, uh, talked about that with Nate Bender on a previous episode before they actually brought a Realm which is now like, I don't know, probably 60 or 70% of their, uh, their total revenue. Um, and, and it's with people like Yoshi P behind Final Fantasy XIV, as well as Yoko Taro, who is behind, say, Nier Automata, which also made a giant splash. These people are headstrong and also kind of capable of telling Square Enix, like, hey, man, you don't tell me how to run my project, and I'll keep doing my project under your name. Uh, as far as these Western kind of divisions go, it's been like, it needs to be flashy, it needs to be this, you may need to make sure that your game includes this, so on and so forth. And it's been running people out like IO Studios that did uh, Hitman. Uh, There's like some really solid Hitman coming out, a lot of trash, and then some super solid Hitman after they left Square Enix. Um, the overall kind of consensus, the waters right now are iffy. Things are tentative at best, but a lot of people are like, hey, if someone else owns these studios and these IPs, we could potentially actually see something really cool come out of this. Especially when you're talking about uh, an old, old title like Legacy of Kane, which for those that are uninitiated is like a super awesome gothic masterpiece where you play as a jawless vampire sick-ass soul flame sword um and and lives only on the playstation 2 and can't find where uh they never did a re-release remake redo and like that uh and it would be fantastic to see somebody else take up the reins on these projects uh, selling all of this stuff for 300 million dollars literally gives everyone the holy shit they must be in deep and they need to get some money fast uh there is also talk they want to for which real quick is just um checking out more ai development doing more things with cloud services as well as of course and chain yada yada so they're probably going to try and push more projects that are supposed to be more hip more new shine for the crowd while uh say these studios that have now moved over to Embracer Group might actually bring us some super solid gains in the future. But uh, obviously, you know, we'll have to wait about between two and five years to see anything truly come. Yeah. Uh, anything, uh, Green, anything you wanted to mention? Uh, no, no. Uh, Hope Squeenix. 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 
Omriel, anything for you? I would love to see another Deus Ex game. So mm -hmm. <laughs> if if this is what gives me another Deus Ex game, fine. I don't care who lost money on it, as long as it's not me. Uh, that's about it. The other the other IPs, you know, take them or leave them for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, none of none of these like really tickle my testicles at all. I've, I haven't played Deus Ex or Thief or anything like that. So I, I just kind of, I'll be honest, I just, I'm kind of blasé on it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would like to add, um, <clears throat> I didn't ask for this, uh, but yeah, uh, Deus Ex, seeing more Deus Ex would be character. I need more of that. I followed the Tomb Raider series. I played through maybe like the first hour of the second Tomb Raider game and was like, this is, this is the, this is the whole plot twist. And after having found out that I was right. I never picked it up. I picked up the third one for 20 bucks, steel book edition, and it is still in its plastic wrap. Um, I didn't even know there was a third one. <laughs> yeah, Sh Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and it did not go over well. Apparently, there is a fourth Tomb Raider being made in the Unreal 5 engine, um, which, guess what? That, that studio that's developing that and that entire team, Embracer Group's like, all right, yeah, you guys, just you, here's your new logo. You skipped out a little bit again there. What'd you say? God dang it. Uh, basically that uh, the new Tomb Raider game is being five engine during their purchase. Embracer group said, do not scrap this. You guys keep working on this project. Also, like whatever you're doing, we'll take a look at it. But here's your new shiny logo and uh, have a good day. And that's that's about it. So um yeah it, it's it's hopefully just going to be very good as far as um where this can take these ips they won't die that's for certain do does uh embracer get the engine these games run on yeah uh most of their games most of the games that these uh basically just unreal engines so as long as they already have their licenses from uh epic for their for their unreal then they're fine okay i mean i know a, a bunch of those pc youtube channels used to run the uh benchmark test from tomb raider so mm. i mean yeah it's if, very pretty yeah so i mean if these games are great for benchmarking i'm sure they are graphically you know pushing the pushing the envelope but I don't know. I would love to see something exciting come from these IPs, and maybe this is the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Uh, if there's nothing else in this topic, do you guys want to go on to Deals of the Month? Yeah. Deals of the Month. All right. So uh, with this being the first show of the month, we're, of course, going to run through all the games that you guys can pick up for free and some sales and stuff that you guys can currently take advantage of. Uh, starting with Prime with Gaming, which, of course, if you have Prime with Gaming, you also get a free Twitch sub. Go on ahead and uh, use it on, uh, you know, my, my lovely co-host here, Mr. Green Elite or uh, Mendachi or uh, Home Real. Are you on Twitch? I have a Twitch, but I do not stream. 
So. Well, if Homegirl Everstreams, go ahead and drop that free sub on him or any of our <laughs> wonderful guests. Um, yeah. So starting with Prime with Gaming, uh, you can get Dead Space 2 on Origin until May 31st. That's a good one. It is a good one. That's still a pretty good deal. Uh, Curse of Monkey Island you can get. Uh, Shattered, Tale of the Forgotten King. Uh, out of Line, uh, things that Mendachi is all the time. You know, Out of Line. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Cat Quest and Mail Mole plus Express Deliveries. Those are all the things you can get with Prime with gaming right now. If we move on over to Humble Bundle, which, of course, we are Humble Bundle affiliates. If you guys are interested in supporting the show, you guys can use our Humble Bundle links. Uh, Humble Choice this month has Ghost Runner, Destroy All Humans, Monster Sanctuary, Kill Squad, Rogue Heroes, Ruin of Tassos, Suzerain, Chicken Police, and Naruto to Baruto. I'm sorry, Naruto to Boruto, Shinobi Striker. Gotta get the pronunciation right for the weebs. Uh, God. Any any of those uh, tickle your guys' fancies? Anything like Mm-mm. there that you'd say I mean, is a, a good pickup? Dead Space. Yeah, probably Dead Space out of all of those. Yeah. Dead Space hey, 2 is, yeah, Dead Space 2 is like the best of the trilogy by far. Yeah. I've always wanted to live out my Naruto uh, running fantasy. I just run a very long and fast distance uh, with my arms flailing in the wind. <laughs> and your sandals. And my yeah. sandals, yes, yes. So, do a fully nerd? No. No, not really. Um, oh, like, I would play Dead Space, but it's Dead Space. And I don't... It's spooky. It's spooky. I'm a, I'm a little bitch. Um, and then uh, the sales currently on uh, Humble Bundle, you can get the Jurassic Bundle, which is a uh, Jurassic uh, Park games that ends on May 18th. The X Universe Collection, uh, that sale ends tomorrow, and Visual Delight Bundle ends on May 6th. Uh, on Epic, uh, free until the 5th, you can get Paradigm and Just Die already. And then starting on the 5th and available through the 13th, you can get Terraforming Mars. Any of those Any of those tickle your guys' fancies? No. <laughs> I don't know what any of those are. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw somewhere, uh, I make a joke about it, that it's like free like at least once a month. Uh, you, I think I saw somewhere like Ukulele. That might be on Xbox or PlayStation. Uh, but speaking of PlayStation, Mendachi, what's, uh, hey, what's going on over there? Uh, a lot of weird stuff. So I'm going to start off with uh, the, the, the free games that you can get if you have PlayStation Plus. If you have a PS5, you get FIFA 22. Yay. And a uh, foot pack, which I'm not, I'm not sure what's in that. Probably just more balls or something. I don't know. Uh, the Tribes of Midgard. What was that? That feet. Feet. Feet pack. <laughs> uh, tri- tribes of Midgard for ps4 and ps5 uh which that looks fun but you could also just play valheim and then curse of the dead gods so isn't that fun um they obviously always have their ps plus exclusive discounts which has extended over to a 10 percent discount to trek to yomi which we talked a little bit about uh when we covered that uh kind of like sony exclusive yada yada earlier in the uh in the year um otherwise as far as good games for deals on playstation right now i gotta tell you it is a lot of weeaboo bullshit on, on the playstation store right now jank naruto games jank my hero game 
uh, every Dynasty Warriors game that's come out last 50 years. Uh, we got things like Senran Kagura and, and One Piece games. But what's actually worth your time, what's truly worth your time, is literally every Yakuza game that has come out, including the Judgment and Lost Judgment games, are on sale like between 50 and 75% off. You could start hanging out with my boy Kiryu for $12.49, and that gets you three games, the first, second, and third. Uh, otherwise, uh, my other co-host from Podcast for Two People, podcast about movies, is a huge Flight Sim fan, so I gotta make mention Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown, is 85% off. That is an $85 game at the Deluxe Edition for $12.74. Like, that's some super solid stuff. Um, they've got some games on their on their which are worth your time to look at. Seafood just got an update, and uh, they just released their roadmap for the rest of the year. That game's only $39.99 at a discount, but there's a ton of free stuff coming for it this year, and I would highly recommend checking that out. Excellent. Green Elite, what's coming up to Microsoft? Yeah, Xbox Game Pass is getting a few games. Uh, out today is Loot River. On May 5th, you get Citizen Sleeper and Trek to Yomi. Uh, May 10th, you'll get Danganronpa 2. Danganronpa 2. Good pronunciation. Yeah. I hope I pronounced that right. Yeah, Danganronpa. Uh, it's about it's evil the, bears. It's the Goodbye Despair Anniversary Edition. Uh, Yudin Chronicle Rising and This War of Mine Final Cut. That's all May 10th. On May 12th, we get NHL 22. On the 24th, you get Floppy Nights and Hard Space Shipbreaker. May 26th is Sniper Elite 5. And the uh, last one is on May 27th is Pac-Man Museum. Okay. It, none of those really do much for me. Any any of those do anything <laughs> for you guys? No, not nah. No, but uh, tomorrow, tomorrow is May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Um, yeah, so make sure that you keep an eye out on Humble Bundle and Steam for a whole bunch of different discounts uh, for Star Wars games. Yes. Um, I think right now Jedi Fallen Order is on sale for like 75% off on Steam right now. It's like it's like 10 bucks. Yeah, get that game. It's so fun. Uh, home reel. Anything that you want to like promote or like say, you know, tell people about like sales or whatever coming up. Uh, sales wise, Hunt Showdown <laughs> should be having update one point eight point one going live either this week or next week. And usually, when that happens, the game goes on sale and they release some sort of bundle of different dlc with the base game for like half off or something so if you are looking to get into hunt showdown or get some dlc related to this update then i would keep your eyes on steam for that excellent um i think that's gonna wrap up the show this week but wait, oh. Monster Hunter Rise is actually on sale on Nintendo Switch for 50% off. Go get that shit and play with me on Saturdays. It's only $30. Yeah. 
get it. It's the one really cool thing that's that's on super sale on, <laughs> on the Nintendo. There's a whole Capcom sale. And also I'd like to note that every Square Enix game that I that they've made in the last 20 years for some reason is on sale on both the Nintendo and the PlayStation. Coincidence. Mm. Uh, it's because they've lost a lot of money. <laughs> they yes. really need to <laughs> yes, do a cash. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Let's uh, home reel for those who might have missed uh, the top of the show. Uh, who are you? What do you do? Where can people find you? And uh, like, what's like the next big thing coming out of you? So I am home, as as has been established, and I run the Home Reel YouTube channel. It mainly focuses on Hunt Showdown, but there will be other games this year. We already talked about Hell Let Loose and Blood Hunt, but there's more on the roster. Um, I got another another video guide coming <laughs> coming soon. So that's those are the big ones. That's it. Excellent. And guys, <laughs> you can find uh, Home Reels channel in the live chat right now or in the episode script uh, description. Go ahead and subscribe to him. Seriously. Fantastic guy. Home Reel, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, it's uh, been a blast having you on here, and we appreciate you uh, coming on with us. Yeah, thanks. It's been fun. Uh, Green Elite, what's coming up uh, with you? Um, You know, I say it every week on Showdown. We playing a lot of Hunt Showdown. I'm gonna try to get Blood Hunt in. Um, I've also been meaning to play uh, God of War soon. Um, but I don't know when that's gonna happen. And then we might return to it Takes Two tomorrow, but I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure on that either. I kind of just don't know anymore what 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 life is. What does what is the schedule? I don't know. Is there uh, a next nothing Discord or? Like, are y'all all on the same Discord, or how does that work? Um, we have our individual Discords. Uh, a Discord for next to nothing may happen in the future. May not. Maybe. I'm not sure. It's not but, not. Yeah, we cards. haven't fixed. Yeah, it's not not. It's not not there. I mean, we could convert like a midi con, the MidiCon <laughs> Discord. Yeah. To, that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, I also like to just slum it in in Danny's uh, Discord because uh, it's where the uh, the gross slimy memes drop every day. That's how I get my fix. Yeah, uh, Mendachi, what's coming up on your channel? What up, no? So uh, last week I worked like sixty five hours. That's like twenty five hours of mandatory overtime. Uh, I have no idea what my work schedule will be this week, but as always, I try to make thursday friday and saturday streaming schedule so thursday thursday i think i need some like some some homey time i'm i'm gonna try and either do some monster hunter or some vermintide uh two with brent and we always try to have our twitch integration so allowing chat to mess us up in vermintide is always available and we usually have at least one slot open for you to either come and kill stuff with us in Vermintide 2 or come and kill stuff with us in Monster Hunter. Friday, Friday's kind of tentative. Uh, there's a lot of games I want to check out. Might be checking out Weird West. And then Saturday is also a mixed bag, but typically late at night, we try to hop back into Monster Hunter 
guys. Uh, and we do play on Switch, which again is on sale. It is only uh, like $29.99, or you can grab the deluxe edition for $34.99. Some of that sick fashion drip for your hunter. And then uh, join us. Uh, and that is over at twitch.tv backslash Mendachi. M E N D A C I I. And catch me on Twitter at OnlyMendachi. Excellent. Uh, coming up on my channel. Uh, I believe I'm returning back to the weekend warrior schedule for this weekend. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, maybe Friday night. Depends. I've had kind of a weird, uh, last week or so and, uh, work has been very busy. Um, but yeah, so Saturday, Sunday during the day, uh, Saturday will probably be hunt showdown. Sunday will be a raid shadow legends sponsored stream. Uh, so that's what I've got going on. And then you guys can follow me on Twitter and check out the new YouTube channel where I will be posting uh, things like uh, game demos and uh, shorts and highlights of my streams. Uh, check that out. That'll be uh, that's uh, Danny K highlights and uh, shorts or highlights and streams. So that'll be there. Uh, otherwise, I think that's going to wrap it up, guys. Uh, thanks for watching and listening. Your time with us is always appreciated. Of course, we're not just interested in your time and attention. We do want to hear your opinions. So anything that we talked about this week, let us know what you think in the comments down below. You can tweet at us. Green, what's the Twitter? It's at next to nothing PC. Yes, you can also hit us up on Facebook. Same thing. Uh, we uh, The question of the week this week is what podcast do you hold in high regard? You can let us know the answer to that in the comments, like I said, or uh, tweet at us. Uh, if you guys, uh, I'm sorry, I, I lost my, I lost my place. I'm stroking out here. <laughs> <laughs> if you missed any part of the show or want to take us on the go, you guys can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. If you want to catch us live, you can do that every Tuesday on Twitch at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time or Central Time, I should say. If you like what we do, drop a like and subscribe. Ring that bell. That really does help us out a ton. If you want to help support us even more, you can check out our sponsor, Factor 75. Get $120 off your first order by using my link, Factor SE578 at checkout. And if you really want to take your support to the next level, it really isn't about the money. It's about telling your friends. It's like the, the best and the freest way to help us out. Other than that, guys. Until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, keep fighting those good fights, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Bye! Bye, everyone. Love you. <laughs>